Before we get into today's show, I just want to take a minute to say thank you. It's because of loyal listeners like you that we're able to equip and empower leaders at work and at home to stop drowning in the waves of their circumstances and instead build their life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. And would you do me a favor? If you're really enjoying the show, would you mind to rate the show on whatever platform it is that you watch or listen to us? We hope we've earned five stars in your book, and that rating will help us to continue serving those in leadership. And also, feel free to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody else who wants to grow in their leadership. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. And that's where trust breaks down and you can't hold anybody accountable for anything because nobody knows what's going on. So smooth workflows, well-defined goals, transparency within an organization, that's what creates the conditions with which we can hold people accountable and then trust is what follows. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Dr. Andrew Tempty about how to balance trust and accountability to keep our workflows smooth during continuously challenging and hectic times. Dr. Andrew Tempty, CFA, is the former CEO of Kaplan Professional. He's the author of Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire, and the book, The Balanced Business, Building Organizational Trust and Accountability Through Smooth Workflows. And he's also the host of the Balancing Act podcast, a thought leader on issues related to organizational health, continuous improvement, and workforce reskilling. His articles have appeared in a number of media outlets. His blend of higher education and professional education experience gives Dr. Tempty a unique perspective over the issues surrounding the future of employment and workplace relevance. Dr. Tempty earned his doctorate in finance from the University of Iowa with a concentration in international finance and investment theory. He holds the CFA designation and has over 14 years of university teaching experience. Welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Dr. Tempty. We are so excited to have you. Uh, thank you. For, thank you for having me on, Bethany. And well, I love the books. I love your work and what you're doing. Your podcast is fabulous. And so I really wanted to have you on because I want to talk about two things I'm very passionate about. And you just so happen to be an expert in these two areas. And it is trust and accountability. <laughs> I think <laughs> these are so important, yet we're not always so good with them. So can you just start us off with just a definition of those two concepts? What do you mean whenever you're talking about trust and accountability, specifically when it comes to leadership? Right. So my uh, what I'm trying to do, the platform that I'm standing on is, is the intersection between the tenets of organizational health, uh, clarity, communication, uh, everybody trusting and relying on one another, and the world of continuous improvement, smooth workflows, identifying, minimizing waste uh, in, an, in an organization. And it just so happens that continuous improvement overlaps with organizational health because in the continuous improvement world, one should also 
be be very very focused on uh, your people resources. Uh, so that's where the two come together, uh, and uh, the business world has tilted over the last uh, ten or fifteen years much more t- toward the the trust everybody get along. Uh, bring one's whole self into the world of work, mm-hmm. which I fully uh, endorse and embrace. Uh, and we've kind of left accountability uh, behind. And it's very, uh, in one of the main points of my second book, is that uh, there is a balancing act between uh, trust and accountability. And the way that one uh, uh executes that balancing act is through the concept of uh, establishing smooth uh, workflows in in the business that you're operating. Man, uh, you know, something that just occurred to me, and I love this fact, you are a numbers guy, right? Finance, um, as some people would say, bean counters. But the first thing you started off with was talking about people. And I'd love that about you. Because so often leaders can focus on tasks, uh, especially, you know, that's our lane, you, let's execute. But you started off with the whole people narrative. So talk to us, especially you being focused, you know, in that world of finance, how can we grow in that skill set of focusing on people first so that we can have continuous improvement and all the other things that you were talking about? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, I as you mentioned, I come from this world of hard numbers and uh, uh, and uh, and and spreadsheets and all of that. The uh, what what started my journey into the behavioral side of the equation was in the late 1980s, early 1990s, in the world of of finance and especially investments finance, we started talking about behavioral finance. Mm-hmm. That it's not just all about the efficient frontier that you're creating for an investment portfolio and the risk reward trade-off, but it's also how we feel about the investments that we're that we're making. And researchers in uh, in investments finance were really starting to wake up to this fact that, which is now a proven fact, that our behavior uh, has just as much to do with investment performance as uh, as the risk reward trade-offs and the and the numbers that uh, that we're all that, and the, the performance history that we're all looking at. So extend that into the business uh, community uh, where uh, I, I grew up in the late 1990s, early 2000s as a leader. I had a very prescriptive approach uh, to leadership. It was my way or the highway. I operated uh, what I like to affectionately call the Andy said uh, leadership uh, style, where really nothing uh, got done in the business without uh, me uh, laying my thumb on the scale and approving everything that's going on. Well, first of all, that's not sustainable. Yes. <laughs> and 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 second of all, uh, it, your it turns out that your people really don't like that. Uh, people like to be empowered. People like to be trusted. People uh, like to make their mark on the world. 
And it was uh, through the late 2000s and especially uh, coming out of the Great Recession that the, these worlds of continuous improvement and organizational health mm -hmm. uh, really, really came to the fore. Uh, and 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 having a people first uh, approach uh, re really, really started to come into view for me. Absolutely. You know, for you uh, new leaders out there, people wanting to step into leadership, I need to stop and recognize the wisdom coming out of Dr. Tempty's mouth. <laughs> you need to listen to this because a lot of times you think that you have something to prove and you come in hot and heavy, right? And with a heavy hand, and seasoned leaders just know that that's not the way, you know, you're going to make mistakes as he was talking about, um, but definitely rewind what he just said and listen to it because it's such truth. Um, now I want to step into, you said the intersection of organizational health and the continuous improvement. We have such buzzwords, let's just call them buzzwords in leadership and business that I know a lot of people listening are like, oh, the eye roll thing. But they're so needed and so true. How can we get past the whole, uh, these buzzwords means I have to do more work versus no, these are what they are and why they're so important. Can you help us change our mindset about those two things? Because the intersection, like you said, is so important. Yeah. So I'm not a one person uh, crusade here, but uh, I'm really adamant over the course of the next few years uh, to start to change the mindset, uh, especially in the continuous improvement uh, world. Uh, you use the phrase hot and heavy coming in with a heavy hand. Uh, a lot of continuous improvement experts, uh, uh, despite their best efforts, come across as uh, this is a new language. It's a new way of working. Uh, there's all this foreign terminology, uh, and you've got to adopt the entire suite. It's, it's all or nothing in the world of continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and the, uh, another truth is that humans abhor change. Mm -hmm. We like the status quo. We like the things, the way things have always been done. So anything that's going to come in and rock our world uh, is something that we immediately uh, push back on, whether consciously or, or not. It's just, it is part of who we are as human beings to, uh, to, to reject uh, change. So the world of continuous improvement to in many, many organizations is a gigantic change to uh, business as usual, uh, especially if you're if an organization is populated by what I call accidental managers who are firefighters and uh, and hall monitors. Uh, they, they've grown up in a leadership and a management role without really studying uh, the 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 philosophy and the it behind uh, behind leadership and management. Uh, so so these accidental managers become firefighters. 
job protectionism uh, becomes the status quo. I'm the only one that knows how to do X, Y, or Z, yeah. uh, and and the, so that's a that the the kind of chaos the the chaos that uh, that that a team or an organization lives with mm-hmm. uh, kind of is worn as a nice fuzzy security blanket. So when the continuous improvement folks come in and say we're going to change this, 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 this. Uh, it it is almost always going to fail. Yes. So uh, long-winded answer to what is a really, at the end of the day, a very short answer, mm-hmm. which is continuous improvement is about three things. It's about having a maniacal focus on your customer. It's about respecting your people. And it's about identifying and minimizing the waste in your organization all of which frees up resources to do new and interesting things, to innovate, uh, to grow, uh, both as humans and as an organization. And at the end of the day, it's all about adding value to one's customer. So, Yeah, and I love the way that you did that because really you talked about the root of the problem first. (laughs) And then you're like, and then here's the answer the short answer to that. And that's so true and so needed because what happens oftentimes is we know that we need to implement continuous improvement. Let's go buy a packaged program and just ram it through the system, through all the cogs. And it doesn't align to the heart behind it of this is why we do this. And I think a lot of leaders, you know, skip that step. Here's just another task we've got to accomplish. Let's just push it through. And I love that you're getting to the heart of that. Number one, if you are in leadership, then you need to be studying leadership. It is not okay with the skills you have today to take a a leadership position and stay there. (laughs) Status quo, right? right? I love that about what you just said. Um, So we have continuous improvement. We have organizational health. I want to take a little uh, quick trip around the organizational health concept. Because again, a lot of people can take that survey and then one, they never share the results or maybe two, they'll share it, but nothing really changes. Um, So can you talk to us about organizational health? What is it? Why is it important? And then we'll get into some blueprints of after we understand these two things, now let's talk about a blueprint of how we do. Um, But again, what is organizational health and why is it important? So at the, uh, I would encourage your uh, listeners to uh, obviously buy buy my book, but there's another gentleman that your listeners should be aware of. And his name is Patrick Lencioni. Patrick Lencioni is the father, if you will, of Mm -hmm. uh, the world of organizational health. Uh, And uh, to me, uh, you know, Patrick Lencioni goes through a fairly prescriptive approach of do this, do this, do this, do this. Uh, but for me, it all comes down to clarity, communication, excellence in goal setting, uh, and having and 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 having everything in your organization wrapped around the concept of purpose. So I start. Uh, I it is no, it's not a fluke that I start my second book off with the concept of organizational purpose. Why are we here? Why do we exist? What are we doing? And answering that fundamental question at Mm -hmm. the leadership level, having a belief system 
at the leadership level that propagates through the organization that all aligns with, with organizational purpose. And this is hard work. A lot of leaders don't want to do this work because you got to sit in a room with your colleagues and you have to play catch ball with lots of groups of folks to really identify why we exist and why we're here. It's not a half an hour, come up with some pithy statement or outsource it to uh, some third-party marketing firm to identify your purpose. Mm -hmm. Just like my personal purpose, which is to teach, coach, mentor, and hopefully inspire, uh, an organizational purpose needs to be felt uh, at the highest level of the organization. Mm -hmm. And it's around purpose that then we can create our vision. Where are we all going? Where are we headed? Where do we want to be in X period, Y period? Once you've got those things established, then you can start the process of creating goals and everybody can start to see where their individual contributions along the value stream then make an impact on the broader organizational goals that have been set by senior leadership. And we just communicate, 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 clarify, clarify, clarify. And I'm telling you, that is one of the hardest things for a leader, especially a new leader, to wrap their head around is, well, what do you mean? I don't get to say this once and everybody's going to get it. You mean I have to say this over and over and over yes. again? What do, you, what do you mean Susie doesn't, isn't processing this? What do you mean she doesn't get it? She's heard it eight times. Well, we're, we, are, we are all different. We are all process information differently. Mm-hmm. There's no one size fits all uh, prescription to communication. And so as a leader, you just got to keep go- getting after it and after it until you are just sick mm-hmm. of communicating the message. Yes. And and people need to realize that the higher levels of leadership, you know, they're going to be talking about it way more, but by the time it, you know, filters down I mean, the people that are individual contributors, maybe they've only heard it a couple times where it feels like in in top leadership, you're saying it all the time. That's why you got to keep saying it, right? Because it takes so long to filter down. And I love it. Never in there where you like, you know, say it once, they got it. You were the opposite of that. You've got to talk all the time. It's so true. So now I'm ready to like really dive into your book because it's so good. You've talked about the importance of the intersection. Guys, listen, if you don't want a train wreck in your leadership, you've got to be aware of the intersection of organizational health and continuous improvement, right? One is on the inside. One is focused on serving the outside. And then you've come in with this blueprint of saying, okay, now let's talk about trust and accountability. So can you walk us through how do we grow in that balancing act between I trust you to do your job and do it well? But also we're going to have conversations when, you know, things aren't going well or when things are, and I'm going to push you to the next level. So talk to us about that balance between the two. Yeah. So we, as the subtitle of the book, uh, boy, when you write a book and, 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 and you have to define the subtitle of your book, uh, it, it takes a long time, just, just like that defining organizational purpose, Mm -hmm. uh, and, 
the the it the the it if you will all wraps around the concept of smooth workflows i had a gigantic aha moment uh in my career uh i the small company that uh my mentor carl swayzer and i built in the 1990s was sold to kaplan in 1999 we had a period of tremendous growth uh through the late 90s and into uh the the late 2000s and then we got it was post the uh the great recession and we started to adopt the principles of continuous improvement mm-hmm. we started building what are known as process maps for how does product a get from idea to the customer and how do we know what everybody is doing along that value stream so i, I i'd like your listeners to literally think about a stream that's coming out of a mountainside and dumping into a larger river of or the ocean of consumer demand mm-hmm. and you as an individual contributor or as a team leader you sit along that that value stream and you are adding value to whatever product or service you're uh, delivering to the customer well back at kaplan professional uh, i'm probably in 2011 here we ran a process map for the product line that i started with carl swayzer back in 1990 and the the shocker was we sat in that room for three days and nobody knew exactly how the product got from start to delivery to the customer. And that happens a lot. <laughs> there was no there was no well identified uh, product map to be found. We'd get there'd be these places. Uh, well, I think so-and-so does this here, but I can't really be sure. And then they would dig in and find uh, another rat's nest, a couple of rattlesnakes in there. <laughs> and and this was our, this was our bread and butter. This was our most profitable, pro- profitable product. And nobody knew there was no product process map to be found. So that was like, Oh my gosh, what else what else is going in? No wonder everybody's looking over their shoulder. No wonder everybody is kind of walking on eggshells uh, around each other and and really can't hold one another accountable because nobody knew what the next step was. So so yeah, everybody got frustrated uh with 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 how things were going, but you, but we couldn't put our finger on it. So then fast forward to a proper value stream where everybody knows what everybody else is doing, mm-hmm. uh, jobs and information, job job descriptions, or what I call standard, what, what is called standard work and continuous improvement parlance. The standard work of one team is known by another team. What that other team, what one team is measuring is known by other teams, how one team is being evaluated is known by other teams so that we can have very smooth workflows and expectations 
are leveled across teams because that's where trust breaks down most often is Billy is sitting there with a catcher's mitt waiting for some part of the process to come to him so that he can do his job. Susie's on the other side going, well, Billy doesn't need this yet. I'm going to go off and do something else. Billy is fuming because he's not getting. And then once Billy gets it, it needs rework, redo. Mm-hmm. Because Susie didn't really know what Billy needed in the first place. And that's where trust breaks down. And you can't hold anybody accountable for anything because nobody knows what's going on. So smooth workflows, well-defined goals, transparency within an organization. That's what creates the conditions with which we can hold people accountable and then trust is what follows. You can't walk into a team or an organization and say, okay, we're going to throw a bunch of bean bags today and do some trust falls and you're <laughs> going to, and, and we're going to do some Myers Briggs and everybody's mm-hmm. going to know how everybody else ticks and you're going to trust each other after this. Yeah. And doesn't work that way. No, you know, a lot of times trust is built, uh, through one, a lot of encounters and then conflict on how people react with one another. But I want to, I want to back up the whole time. And I love the visual that you've given guys think about that stream and what happens in a lot. And I don't want to generalize too much, but in a lot of organizations, you have silos, people not talking to other people. And then when things go wrong and they will go wrong because you haven't communicated, you don't have trust, you don't have accountability. It's like finger pointing constantly with, well, this is the reason that we're late, you know, behind budget, behind schedule or the product stinks or whatever. And the advice Dr. Timty is giving you is how to fix all of that. So develop that process map and Hire up organizational leaders. Listen, listen, listen. It is on you to get the people in the room to have that conversation of here is our ultimate purpose goal, right? All of those things that he was talking about. And here is the process on how we do what we do. And so everybody knows they have a piece of the pie. And I even want to back up. There's a lot of... um you know, let's just call it quiet quitting. That's another buzzword kind of being used whenever nobody sees me, nobody notices, nobody really knows what I do. Right. And so we can kind of slough off our work, but when people, when, when people know me, when people know what I do and the value that I bring, it makes me just stand up a little straighter, a little taller and saying, I had value. And so everything he's telling you is going to fix. Like one of the biggest problems you're dealing with (laughs) is get that process map, bring people in, let them learn about what's going on. I just, I thank you for all of that. I just can't even tell you. I was in education forever and uh, it was just such a huge problem there. But then as I work with people, I'm seeing, oh, that's the same problem. <laughs> Y'all just don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, you know, I had to choose uh, a title for the book, but it could be called The Balanced Institution. It could be called The Balanced School System. Uh, it doesn't just apply the the what I'm what I'm talking about doesn't just apply mm-hmm. to the world of business. Uh, it applies to government. Uh, it applies to uh, anything wherever we've got value streams in the world. Uh, my yeah. my work is applicable. Absolutely, and I love that you brought that up because so many times we look to leadership gurus within our specific lane, and again, that'll keep you in status quo you know, of just that thought process. Yes, you need to know best practices in your field, but man, want to talk about 
personal growth and leadership, that's where you start looking at other lanes and saying, wow, what are they doing that's working? How can I apply those principles? A principle is always true, like gravity, right? Gravity will always pull you down. So leadership principles are always true, no matter the industry. So I strongly encourage you to get this book. You're going to learn leadership principles that you need to avoid the train wrecks and stop the firefighting. (laughs) It's so good. And well, um, Dr. Timpty, I thank you so much for everything that you've shared. So what are some key takeaways that our listeners need to apply in order to grow in their leadership? Well, I think one thing that we haven't uh, really hit on everything in my in my in the second book uh, focuses on this concept of a value stream. But where is that value stream going? It is going to satisfy a customer. Right. So understanding one's customer is absolutely essential to to the whole equation. Uh, and we, you know, the firefighting uh, analogies that we've m- management analyses uh, or analogies that we've used. Uh, you talked about silos, uh, fiefdoms, kingdoms that are built within organizations where we start fighting with one another for scarce resources, shifting blame. Oh, everything is really cool mm-hmm. in here. The problem is over there. Please look, uh, yeah. please look over there. Right. Once the organization uh, really focuses its energy on the customer and as a leader, you start teaching and coaching uh, your team members to see exactly how their work impacts the value stream, which ultimately is going to create a satisfied customer, which creates this awesome feedback loop in the form of a paycheck that supports (laughs) uh, you and your family. (laughs) So many folks work in institutions and organizations and don't think about the customer every day, and that's what uh, that's one of the big takeaways that I that I'd like your listeners uh, to uh, to to have is if if you haven't done serious work about who is my customer, mm-hmm. what what value am I providing to my customer? How do I differentiate uh, myself? And I'm talking about the organization as uh, as an entity here. But how how do I differentiate? What do we do? I mean, these are basic basic questions that I that I challenge your 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 listeners, especially at the higher levels of the organization. Sit in a room with the question: What do we do? Yeah, and and answer that question with your six, seven, eight team members, and. And see how long it takes you to get through that question. And don't just let, again, a pithy statement come out. Really get deep on it. Challenge your folks. I bet you get, if you got eight people, you're going to get eight different answers at, at the at the front. And you're going to have to iterate, iterate to get there. So it's all about the customer at the end of the day. Man, you know, I love that perspective that you're bringing. Because so often, again, we can get like blinders on. I'm so focused on completing my task. 
that I forget who it is I'm serving to begin with. And that, that applies, that principle not only applies at work, man, it applies at home, right? We can get so busy doing the thing that we do that we forget who we're serving to begin with. And so it's, it's like a beautiful loop. You've come back full circle of the way you started people. It's about people. And you have a customer on the other end of what you're doing. It doesn't matter the product or the service you're creating. There's people on the other end of that. And it is about them. And so, so much of that is threaded through. How can we change our lenses to where we're not self-focused, um, but servant-focused, right? That service of who we're serving. So thank you so much for reminding us of that. I'm so glad you you, you mentioned that. I skipped right over it. And well, is there any other uh, pieces of wisdom that you would love to share with us? Because Lord knows you have plenty. <laughs> yeah. So one word, uh, and that is, uh, well, two words, uh, compassion and vulnerability. Um, mm. So compassion is uh, boiled down to empathy plus a willingness to do something about it. So we we talk a lot about uh, in the modern business vernacular about uh, empathetic leadership. Uh, I challenge that. I I think it needs to be compassionate leadership uh, because as a leader, you need to be able to really listen and hear uh, what what's going on, and uh, and then be able to uh, you know put yourself in those shoes and then do something about it or be very clear that we're not going to do something about it and we're going to do something else instead. And then the second is vulnerability. We have to, uh, in order to stop all the finger pointing, uh, we've got to be able to sit back and go, wow, could this really be me? Could I be the root cause or part of the root cause of a challenge that, 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 that we're facing? Uh, so, so those those two things uh, together, uh, I think, are, are are very important for for your listeners. It's so good. Do not miss the main point of this. Of you know, yes, you have a job to do, but the people side, the relationship side, the communication side, <laughs> is the foundation on which you build everything else, right? And then you can look to. How can we better serve? But you got to stay focused. Keep that perspective on the people. That is so amazing. Well, all right. I I always ask our listeners, and I want to know, you've given us such great advice. What is one poor decision that you would tell us to avoid? Like, don't do this. So um, very timely because I was working on uh, an article for another publication this morning, and that is... Uh, do not uh, forget about how hard change is. Mm-hmm. We at the top of the of our time together today, we talked about how humans abhor change. It's built into our our psyche. Everybody navigates through change differently. And management, uh, almost by by definition, has to make assumptions about how their people are going to navigate through change. So they lump, we, we lump groups together. We then assume that those groups are going to march through some change at a consistent pace. And those assumptions are flawed because even within a team of six or eight, there are, there are six or eight 
different change management curves that individuals are navigating through it. And so the do not uh, simply assume that your team or your organization is all going to go through an acquisition, a new product launch, a shift in uh, goals or or organizational direction in the same way in with the same cadence. It just yes. does not work that way. Uh it's so good. You know, that makes me think of the old adage, you know, you know what happens whenever you assume, you know, you make it out of you and me, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and well, uh, thank you so much. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you, your work, and where can they go to buy your book? So my website is andrewtempty.com, all one string, no P in Tempty. So, uh, and I'm sure you'll, you'll have it on, on your website. So Everything is there. I have a personal purpose, uh, uh, personal planning guidebook uh, that's a free download uh, for folks to engage with so that you can align your personal purpose with the work that uh, that you're doing. Uh, so find me on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, I got off uh, Twitter now X uh, earlier this year because my mental health was uh, being... <laughs> was was being challenged um so uh you you can still find me there but there's 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 nothing to find yeah and well thank you so much and i guys i will have everything in the show notes and if you sign up for our newsletter you'll get it in there as well um dr tempty thank you so much for uh your time today and all of the wisdom that you shared it is so seasoned with salt i hope people listen to this episode twice to just marinate on all of the principles and the truths that you shared and i just thank you so much Thank you for having me, Bethany. All right, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding.